just a quick heads up that these are adults having adult conversations about things that take place on a show where the adults use a lot of adult language. All this to say, there might be some salty language ahead, so please plan accordingly. Coach, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish. What would Ted Lasso do? This is a question that we explore in each episode of this podcast. We take the lessons we learn from Ted Lasso and we apply them to the real world through the lens of leadership and positive psychology. My name is Dimple Dabalia. And my name is Jeff Harry. And neither of us have ever recorded a podcast. But as Ted Lasso says, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed making it, and that it helps you find new ways to believe. Well, hello. I'm so excited. I love this episode. So today we are talking about season one, episode two, Biscuits, written by Brendan Hunt and Jason Sudeikis, and directed by Zach Braff, which is pretty cool. So let's dive in. So before we jump into that, you know, I know that last week we, so we had kind of talked about how we want to try to put some of this stuff into practice, you know, in our own lives and, and kind of see how it goes. Because I think one of the things that really comes up for me as I keep watching this, I'm like, yeah, you know, like there's Ted and how he behaves and then like the people respond, but like, it's not always that easy in real life, you know, like I feel. I feel like the people around me don't respond like the people in the show do sometimes. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm curious, remind me what you decided you were going to do and how it went. Yeah. So I was focused on attunement, which I think I'm just going to keep as like my thing in general. So I had mentioned last week that the idea of attunement, I, you know, I learned it again from Dr. Stuart Brown, which is all about you know, when a baby looks at the mother, they become attuned. And when they do the study of brain waves, the brain waves like match up. They're like identical, right? So yesterday I was holding a baby. <laughs> I just happened to be holding a baby, not my baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> and I was reminded again of it. So, but all week, I think I was practicing it. And now I'm forgetting all the other moments of attunement and I'm sure they're going to come back up. But yesterday I went to someone's birthday party and it's like, you know, it's like one of the first times in a while that I've been around that many people, you know, because yeah, you know yeah. of what we're in. And I, so I was just like meandering around this like outside bar and really constantly thinking attunement, like pay attention, like pay attention to energy, like follow your curiosity, all this stuff. And it was so interesting because like, I was connecting with this person and they were like, oh, well, I love your Lego bow tie. I, wear, I usually wear this like nerdy Lego bow tie, right? <laughs> and they were like, these kids love Lego. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've heard that before. But I was like, um, but then later on, I like moseyed on over to the kids and the family. And like, we talked yeah. for a while about Lego, right? And like, yeah. I've had that conversation before. But then I go and I'm walking and I'm, remember, I'm in this like bar in Oakland, California. And then I see this like basketball, like uh, like Jersey or something. And it says Marian Catholic. And I was like, wait a minute. That's my (laughs) sister's old high school from Chicago, from the suburbs of Chicago. And I was like, you played for them? And she goes, Jeff. And I'm like, who is this? This is is someone I went to like my mom's church. Like when I was, you know, like, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, I don't even know. But this random person from the suburbs of Chicago is now in this bar. And the only reason we notice is because of her. She comes over. We talk for a little bit. But then after this and talk about attunement after this, as we're talking, we bump back into the Lego kids and the Lego, she has her dog, the Marian Catholic person has her dog and the kids start connecting with them. So then we start all talking and then I left them and they became attuned. And I was like, 
the ripple oh, effect wow. of a yeah. COVID, man, when you're like just open to the curiosity of it and not knowing where it's going to lead and yeah. just being open to it. I feel like I had a totally different experience just interacting with people because I'd be like, Ooh, I feel like I resonate with that person. Let me just be in their vicinity. And then something fun would happen. And then diving into episode two, just a little bit, oh, you know, yeah, so yeah, excited. no, let's jump in. Let's but jump but in. it's that, it's that idea, right? Like there's so many gestures, especially in episode two of people wanting to be like, Hey, do you want to play? Do you want to play? Like, you know, he shows up with the biscuits and then he's like, first concert, last concert. And he starts singing because he's like, do you want to play? And, yeah. and then you see that over and over again, where like uh, Keely gets out of her car and she goes, uh, Panda or Lion? And then, of course, the other person, the, of course, what, Rebecca? Is it Rebecca? Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I haven't, I've only watched this, you know, I, once. Yeah. So, Still weird to um, me, but whatever. Rebecca's <laughs> like, was like, oh, that's so stupid. I'm not going to have that debate. But then as she's walking away, they start debating and they say pan. And she's like, no, I need to be part of this debate. Right. And then Jane, they ask Jamie and Jamie's like, I don't want to play. So it's just like there's constant opportunities of attunement or opportunities for people to play. And then a lot of times the people that don't want to play are the ones that are most miserable. That was was fascinating to me. Yeah, 100 percent. And it was interesting, like you know, I watched the episode a few times. I usually will watch it straight through and then I'll sit down and take notes and then I'll watch it again. But what kept coming up for me was like, for me, this episode was really about, I write a lot about human-centered leadership. And so this idea mm -hmm. of like, you know, and, and to me, human-centered leadership is totally based in empathy. And yeah. I just kept noticing that like, Ted has such a way of holding space for everybody that he meets with mm -hmm. such empathy, right? And so like, when I talk about empathy, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, like empathy's soft and I don't know how to do it, this and that. But like, empathy is really like, you don't have to do anything extraordinary, right? It's like, yeah. it's about just what we call like creating a ministry of presence. Like you're gonna be present in that moment yeah. to that person. And there were so many places in this episode that like, you know, right up front where, he and Beard are walking to work that very first. Um, and he asks Beard, you know, like, well, how are you feeling? And, mm -hmm. and it creates this space where Beard can be vulnerable and say, you know, like, I'm actually a little bit nervous. And, and right away, Ted like validates that feeling and, you know, talking about there's no such thing as last day jitters. He does the same thing with Nate a little bit later when they're out mm -hmm. on the pitch, you know, and, and <laughs> Nate's like laughing at his joke. And Ted realizes like Nate doesn't know what's funny. And so, you know, but he creates the space and like, and Nate yeah. admits like, yeah, yeah, I don't really know what's funny. And he says, yeah, it's hard to know anymore. Same thing with Sam and yeah, Jamie, with like with the birthday. Yeah. Um, and with Jamie about, you know, when he, he brings him into the office at like after yeah. the, the, the match and does the whole positive reinforcement, but he does it in a way that like, you see the, the shift in body language, like Jamie comes in and sits sideways, like not even facing mm -hmm. him. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as Ted is like, you know, I, you're, you're really one of the best athletes I've ever coached. He like kind of stands up and faces mm -hmm. him and, and you hear him like kind of mumble, like, yeah, yeah. Like I work really hard. And Ted's like, I know I see it. And it's just, he brings him back to like this space of like, I see you as a human being. And yeah. it really was such a contrast to like, I saw the stuff you were writing this week about better.com. Right. Ooh. And I was, yeah. Like, so I, I just feel like it's such a contrast to some of the leadership that we see out there. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, just uh, for anyone that, listening to this and doesn't know about better.com at the time when this was happening um the better.com ceo last week fired 900 people over zoom on a six minute call and during the call he said this is really hard for me <laughs> you know i've done this <laughs> it was before. all about him hopefully hopefully I don't cry. I cried the last time. Hopefully I'll be stronger. And it was all about him. So just seeing the contrast between that guy, Vishal Garg and, and Ted Lasso is, is striking. 
I think the other part that I, I really resonated with um, from the very beginning of the episode is when Ted is just like first day of school. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's so, and he's so patient, right? He recognizes the wanker, you know, chance. And it's just like, you know, let's see if we can win them over, you know, you know, like he's, he's, he's in it for the long game. And I think yeah. that part is also so fascinating to me as a leader, right. As a human centric leader, you don't have to win this battle, right. You don't right. have to win this moment. And I think that's the difference between him in his play attunement space and Rebecca, right. Rebecca needs to win every moment, right. She needs to mm-hmm. win every moment in the press. You know, she needs to win every moment with Higgins you know, like it just everything always has to be perfect. And then still she's not happy. Right. And when you're able to like show up with the the wonder of the first day of school, like that's amazing. Imagine if you said that to yourself every day. This is the first day of school. Whatever happened before, this is the first day of school. I'm ready to start. My gosh, it would be such a more amazing day. Yeah. Like we talk in mindfulness, we talk about, um, you know, approaching life with a beginner's mind because Every single moment we have is a new moment, right? Like we have not experienced this particular moment. So really like every day is a new day of school, right? Which by the way, I used to love the first day of school. <laughs> I was that girl. Like I I love the month leading up to, to the first day of school. Like I the was, anticipation, I was so, right? The yeah. buying of the clothes, the trapper keeper, yep. that date. Oh, the trapper you keeper. You know, all yeah. that stuff. What am I gonna yeah. wear? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. But you know, going back to something you were just saying, like this idea of the the winds throughout the day, you know, like, and I think you're right. Like, I think when people are in that negative space where they're putting other people down and they're judging and, and all of that, it does in that moment, sometimes it can feel good, right? Like it can feel like, oh, you know, I stuck it to them. Like I got them. Uh, but in the long run, like, it's not going to bring you any kind of like satisfaction long-term or joy or, you know, the things that we're actually kind of looking for, it's yeah. kind of a hollow, a hollow victory, you know, if you will. Like, yeah. um, and so that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way. Um, well, I even think about this. Have you ever won an argument, right? Like maybe an argument with customer service or an argument with someone that like you have a lot of beef with, beef with. you still don't feel that good about it. You just don't like you do yeah. at the t- time, but then, you know, it's just like it, it's insatiable if that, you know, I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I'm going back to my notes. Right. And it's just like, there's so what the part that I really loved that I think is hard when you are a human centric leader is then you're constantly looking for any type of progress. So, <laughs> so when, when Higgins is like, seize you later when like later he's like we're gonna have salads and then yeah. she's like oh gosh this is so annoying and then yeah. as he's leaving he goes seize you later and then he pops back in he's like because he's like that's the moment right the moment of achievement yeah. or play of like oh my goodness you want to play i want to play i know you want to play like i feel it over and yeah. over again right yeah but then even the times when one isn't fully open to playing like when he's talking to Sam and he gives Sam one of his army men. I know that and, was funny. And then yeah, then Sam's just like, you know, well, I, I don't like um, you know, the whole, whole idea of American, you know, and he's like, oh, imperialism. Imperialism. Yes. Yeah. Even when they say no, they say it with a certain level of like respect and and admiration and and connection. And you can yeah. feel it happening between Sam and Ted. And then all of a sudden, Jamie Tart. Is just like, oh gosh, you know, and then you can just feel the exact opposite of like, and yeah. it can also destroy whatever human centric moment that is happening at that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, that, that moment between uh, Ted and Sam, I think is a great example of psychological safety, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, to, and, and again, going back to this idea of Ted's ability to use empathy to hold space for people, because you know, Sam's relatively new. He hasn't been doing great. And now like they just gave him this gift, which you can see like really makes an impact. Like that moment where he says, yeah. I think it's yeah. secret. However, they say, hey, he said, thank you. Like 
like I could feel that, you know, and Mm -hmm. you see the other Nigerian players all put their hands on their heart. And it was just such a meaningful moment. You could see it had an impact on him, but, but Ted, you know, is a new coach. Sam doesn't know him all that well, but he's already created this space where Sam feels comfortable being like, I don't want your gift. Like this is not a gift to me, you know? Yeah. And, and that, that's huge because, you know, to be able to create a space where people can feel like they can say that to you and know that you're not going to take it personally. You're not going to hold it against them. And I know that's kind of like a little thing, like it's a little, you know, but like, how would you feel if you gave someone a gift and they were like, yeah, like, Oh, I I don't actually want this. You know, for me, I I know, like I'd be really hurt and I'd be like, Oh, okay. But he's created this space where people can show up that way. And he also, and he also found his favorite snack from his chin chin. Yeah. Chin chin, like they don't awesome. even like that, that. That's such a small thing, but again, these small gestures of like, I care yeah. about you outside of what you can yes. do on the pitch for me. Yes. And I also found it really fascinating that he leads them out on the fields right before then. They have the birthday party. Like, I they, know. Like, they, I like, like, like usually people would be tense. They're like, you know, and instead he's just like, no, this is the opportunity for us to like, you know, recognize his birthday and him being just celebrating the fact that he like he's a human being that is alive. And then let's go out and like, let's let's compete. Right. I think that was really. Well, and and the other part about that, which I thought was really interesting is, you know, when he and Beard are sitting uh, and we should definitely talk about the suggestions because I'm curious about your thoughts on. Oh, like yeah. anonymous, anonymous suggestion boxes. But, but, you know, when they're in the the pub and Beard says, you know, Sam, Sam's stats are down all across the board since he left mm-hmm. Nigeria, maybe Premier League is too much for him. And Ted's like, no, you know, he just needs to feel comfy here. And so, you know, Beard mentions this his birthday and he says, yeah, let's do something for him. And he says, you know, let's, let's nudge that ship in the right direction. And so like, he has such a, a sense of like what people need. And what's interesting is that, you know, he he has them do that birthday surprise right before they got to play. And then if you look at when uh, after the, the match, like they've lost and everything, but um, the um, announcer, uh, the announcer. Yeah. Like really hones in on, you know, what's what Sam in particular did. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like that little act of let's have this party impacted Sam to such a degree and like boosted his confidence, made him feel part of something bigger, right? Made him feel like he belonged enough to where like, and I don't know, I, maybe I'm just like um, making too much of it, but I think like, it's interesting that like he was able to go out and just really shine after he's been struggling for such a long time, you know? Well, what comes up for me for that is like, if I'm Ted, right? First game, I got one of the players to buy it. Like that's progress, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and in, if you are attached this to like the real world, like I'm a huge Golden State Warriors fan, right? And there's a player named Andrew Wiggins, who's now on the team. And is, he was the number one pick at one point. He was considered like one of the best players. And then he was really bad on all of his teams. And finally this year, he says, this is the place where I can be me. And you've heard that so many times from players in all different types of sports that all of a sudden start playing their best because they feel like they can actually show up fully as themselves. And that is what Ted Lasso is providing. He's providing people the opportunity to be themselves on the pitch. And I love that. Yeah. I love that too. And that's like, that's such a big part of the work I do too, is really helping leaders recognize that people on their teams are whole human beings. Right. So Mm -hmm. We, we have to let people show up uh, as themselves. Like the more that we can create space to do that, people surprise us. And they, when we give them the space to do that, you know? Uh, so then I have yeah. a question for you, which is really yeah. a weird, but also I loved it. <laughs> question was like, who would you rather be, a lion or a panda? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Uh, that's a good question though, right? Like, I feel like in the past, I definitely would have said lion, right? For all the reasons oh, okay. that that Rebecca um, kind of points out. And, but I think like, especially in the last year, like I've really, I think my perspective has changed a lot too. And so pandas just seem so happy. Like they're so content. 
and they're just doing their own thing. And, you know, so like, I, I feel like I'd probably say Panda at this point. Nice. You know? I first love how Rebecca was like, there's only one right answer. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. It's lion. Yeah. And that makes sense. Right. Because she has to show up in that like attack yeah. mode or allow any of the vulnerability to get in yeah. there. Of course, I would say Panda. I'm a play person. Come on. <laughs> and also, like, I love the movie Kung Fu Panda. And oh, Kung I Fu know. That's like so, yeah. The whole idea of someone that doesn't think they should be, you know, the master, that doesn't know what they're doing, that feels bad about, like, themselves and their weight and all this stuff. Yeah. But, like, but just wants to, like, play, you know? Yeah. Like, out of everything, pandas just want to play. They just want to be fully present in the moment and play. Yeah. And yeah. They don't re- they're not trying to win anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's for like, the joy the of being. the last thing they're you know? trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen um, Stillwater on Apple TV? No. It's a cartoon as well, and it's about this panda, but he's like this evolved panda who's like all into meditation and stuff. It's the cutest show I've ever seen. And like, this was another one of my brother-in-law's finds. And um, we all got hooked over the pandemic. We have no kids in this house. And the three of us would sit there and watch Stillwater episode after episode because he is, he's so like, he's just there like to be present and in the moment and really just enjoy life, you know? And so, yeah, definitely Panda these days. Um, but yeah, I thought that, that was such a funny question. But do you watch the episode with um, the closed captioning on? Oh, no. Oh, sometimes, no? yeah. So I do now because I never realized how much I missed. Oh, and one of the funniest things was in this panda discussion, you know, that last scene where Rebecca is just like staring at the two of them and plotting her next thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and but they're she's like, also laughing. Envious. she's also envious because she wants to play. They're still having this conversation and she's like, but also like, mm, I'm interested. Yeah. And also she's like, well, because, you know, she was trying to figure out like how to get Ted in trouble. And she's like, all right, so this is like something I can do where I can make it look like there's something right, going on right. here. But with the the closed captioning, you can actually hear what their conversation is, because normally you're so focused on what she's doing. You're not really paying oh. attention. And it's hilarious because he's like talking to her about how pandas eat their weight in bamboo. And like, I mean, it was just like this random stuff. It was so funny. And so, yeah, I love the, I love having those on now because I'm like, there's moments where either I just didn't understand what the person said or stuff is said kind of under their breath and like, I miss it. And so it's been very enlightening to see. And I didn't even know that, that I forgot, right. I didn't even know that that actually was relevant because she was doing a photo shoot later on, like a panda and a lion like i didn't know that. and then yeah. they show the panda and you're like oh yeah that doesn't doesn't work with vodka <laughs> but again like pandas would never sell vodka like that would not be a that's true sell any. like pandas would yeah. just be like <laughs> i mean i'm in my tree my bamboo right they drink um, vodka but they wouldn't sell <laughs> can you imagine have you seen those videos of the pandas like rolling down the or actually the ones with their like hands sliding down the slides yeah. rolling down the I, and the I handlers said, like keep trying to like bring them back in. I posted, oh, I love that one. I posted a video the other day of literally a panda just splashing in water. Like that's all, you know, he was doing. And someone on Instagram wrote me and was like, I needed this. Like it was like, oh my goodness. It was just like, it's just <laughs> this panda being. But I yeah. think that like, you know, this sounds a bit corny, but it's just like there is something powerful about how Ted Lasso is just being and then it's giving other people permission to be. The other part that I really loved was, yes, and we can get to the suggestion box, um, but the water pressure, man, the water pressure. People don't realize the small things like that, that if you can start, especially if you're a leader, if you can start by just addressing the small things, and I think like all leaders want to be grandiose and be like, now I'm a leader and look at me and I'm going to put my foot down to show everybody I'm a leader. You know, I've seen that so many times. It's like, oh, but if they yeah. just if someone just showed up and then fixed something that people just thought would never, ever get fixed. Whew. Yeah. 
Well, and it's a great example of like follow through, right? Like, so leaders will often just like, oh yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to be here for you. And we, you know, we care about you and then behind their words. Right. And so that's why we have a lot of people who are just like, yeah, whatever, like it's not, nothing's going to change. And this was such a great example of, yeah, we're going to follow through with like, if you give us something meaningful, we're going to follow through with it before, but I, I want to go back for a second while it's in my mind about the panda thing, just to close that because <laughs> it's sorry, there was something that's coming up. Because we got to talk more about pandas. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but it is interesting, right? Because Rebecca automatically jumps to lion and Ted automatically jumps to panda. And you look at like how they show up in life, right? So Rebecca is yeah. very much, like you said, in that space of needing to like protect herself and be fierce and all of that. And Ted is in that space of just kind of being content and like, you know, and playful and all of that. And so, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, that just came up for me as, as we were um, well, talking about even that. Well, you brought that up, it made me think of, of like, oh, what is that panda like here? Because also pandas are quite curious, right? Yeah, and, that's and, true. And again, what is he slowly doing whenever he's interacting with people? Because think about some of the people that are now his advocates that you would never even think of, right? Um, yeah. The the barkeeper, the bar owner. Like, remember when May, everyone's May, chanting wanker, which, by the way, also, they're bonding off of him as well. Like, even though yes. they hate him, like, at yeah. least they're bonding, right? So, like, yeah, at least yeah. there's he's gained her respect by simply connecting and talking with her and listening to her, right? Um and even asking, like, what does wanker mean? You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, the 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 younger soccer player, you know, like that the yeah. student. And she's, again, doesn't even know him and is willing to be like, you played like shite. Like, it's great. Yeah. Like, and he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know anything but... about soccer. So let me learn yeah. from you. Of yeah. all people, yeah. not, not from JR, not from, but I'm going to learn from you who's yeah. like a like a high school student just playing soccer. I yeah. love that level of humility. Yeah, absolutely. And just the fact that he knows like they didn't play well, he knows he knows nothing about it, but he also knows they can be better. You know, yeah. like when he walks into Rebecca's office and he says that, he says, you know, I know we can do, we can play better than this, better than we played yeah. today, you know? Yeah. And he has that like vision, like he knows what they're capable of. And I, I really loved that. Um, but going to the suggestion box, you know, I'm curious, like, what do you, what do you think of this idea of anonymous, um, anonymous suggestions or anonymous, um, you know, like operating in anonymity? So I've done suggestion, but when I was a leader at my last organization, we did that. And I think it's the intent behind it. Right. So yeah. like the, like I've created suggestion boxes I've wrote in them. And most of the time they just go into the black hole of like nothingness. No one ever responds. No ever. I like the fact that there are two ways in which to do it. Right. There, there isn't an anonymous part because sometimes people are not ready to actually speak up then becomes a burden on the one person like, like Roy to be like, this is what everyone else feels. I've been that person where I have to like collect everyone's answers and then I share it with the leadership team only to get like knocked down. And then a lot of people saying, oh, that's just your opinion. No, that's the opinion of all these other people. Well, I don't see it. We don't see it. So then we then I would guide them towards the suggestion box or whatever it is to share that stuff. It still fell into a black hole. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's been my relationship with. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I have you? mixed feel yeah, like I have mixed feelings about it because I on the one hand I agree. I think sometimes people aren't ready and anonymity gives them that opportunity to have a voice, right? Um, even if nothing gets done like is done with it, but at least but I think like I don't know. So one thing I've like before I left my last organization it was a lot of what I was kind of talking about with leaders, you know, in the leadership program that I was running, like in helping leaders to like, to me, to have that courage to actually own your comments, you know, like, I think that that's a really important piece of it, but I understand that in order to do that, you have to have, again, that psychological safety or that space where you feel like, oh, I can be honest about 
whatever it is, you know, and I think most, most, most spaces in our society aren't that way. And so that's why we see a lot of like these anonymous, like, you know, whether it's comments on people's, you know, whatever social media or whatever, like, but, but I think anonymity sometimes creates like a a level of cruelty that is just really unfortunate, you know, because even in the suggestion box, like, you know, it was like, majority of it is just insults. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and even then he didn't let that get to him. He just kind of was like, okay, you know, like, like to that scene where they go out onto the pitch and, and the whole stadium's yelling it at him. Like, I can't imagine being in that position and just being like, all right, let's see what happens. Like I would be freaking out, you know, like to know that this many people are so, I don't know, like it just, I, I can't imagine just being so calm about it and being like, okay, you know what? I mean, I'd like to get there. <laughs> I'm not there yet, you know. It's interesting because I think of the fact that he probably experienced that also at Wichita State. Oh, that's probably right. And like, and it's just like, it's like, if you've been there before. And I remember when I used to play, I used to play soccer back in the day, high school. Um, And even when I went to visit my nephew and see his games when they were playing away, like, there's actual an, an enjoyment a little bit when you are playing away and people are hating on you. There's oh, really? something about that. And not in that way of like, oh, I'm going to get them back or whatever it is. But just yeah. like, there's at least I'm getting a response. At least yeah. there's some sort of reaction. And at least people are in the stands. Like there's like they, the worst would be for them to just like leave. And then they don't even like have enough in, money. Indifference. Yeah. Team. Indifference is like indifference is often. Indifference worse. I think is worse. Yeah. So I think there is a opportunity. And this kind of reminds me of whenever I used to teach uh, kids, I would teach these like STEM programs. And there would always be that one kid that I would be like the worst. He was just like, mean and rude and you know or just not very like you know communicative and i was like the whole time i'm "I'm gonna get this kid i'm gonna get this kid to high five me you know at some point at some point during this eight week session or whatever this camp we're gonna see but i'm gonna have a connection with this kid by the end and by the end usually because i put in the work that it started to notice and was like yeah. finally broke through. And it's like one of the greatest feelings when you get somebody. And I think he feels that way towards like Rebecca, right. Mm-hmm. Or Jamie mm-hmm. of like, if I can win this one person over, Oh my gosh, yeah. I will have probably won over the entire locker room by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and his, you know, like one of his great aspects of connection is just getting to know people's names. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I really picked up on that too. Like first day of practice, he knows every player's name. Uh, he walks into that press room again. He knows the reporter's names, you know, yep. and I was just like, wow, like that, you know, and, and that makes a huge difference, right? Like knowing that someone knows your name is really powerful. The other thing though, uh, I was thinking about a lot was uh, going back to follow through, right? Like showing up and following through. So like a lot of times people get frustrated because you see poor performers or you see bullying or whatever, and leaders don't take action, right? Like they Mm. kind of shy away from it. And in this episode, like we see him repeatedly call out Jamie, but like, you know, so there's the thing with the suggestion box that where they're collecting. Oh, the money. And he puts the gum in there. And he puts the gum in there. And, you know, like Ted could have just like, not said anything, but he immediately right. goes up. And what I appreciated is he doesn't like accuse him, but he says, right. you know, he asks him with curiosity, like, you know, like, did you do that? Well, why did you do that? You know? And then the other bigger part of this though, um, well, and then he does that later as well, but I love that he, he talks about like Nate being part of the taint, the team and this idea that, and so when, like when he goes into Rebecca's office, <laughs> for part two of, um, you know, his favorite concert discussion. Um, and she's just like, I don't have time for this every day. And so, and he, and he knows, like, he knows he's pushing a, a, a boundary, but he's like, look, you got to see it from my perspective. Like every yeah. person in this building is a member of this team. And, you know, and that's like that. I love that because mm-hmm. so often 
you've got leaders sitting in these places where they're, you know, they don't see every person as a member of the team. They don't see every person as a human being a lot of times, you know? And so to see him not just saying that to her, um, but to be acting on it with people like Nate, where, you know, he's not only standing up for him and kind of putting that out to the team to be like, Hey, Nate is a part of our team. Like he may be in this position or whatever, but he is an important part of this team, but also building Nate up in that way too. Right. Like where he's like, Hey, Nate, Nate's like, you know, me, you know, and, and, you know, and his whole thing about, yeah, let's just assume you're my, my go-to or my default Nate, you know, until we get a new Nate, but, you know, and just really like bringing him into this and making him feel like, Oh, like somebody actually sees me and, uh, and I am a part of this, but what's interesting is I noticed at the end, like when they're in that little party at the end of the locker room, you know, I think Nate is still like, he's not convinced yet. Cause he's like kind of standing off to the side on his own. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else is like together and he's just kind of off. Like you can see he wants to be in there, but he's just not ready yet. Well, what's interesting. So when I, so I used to run these like team building events. Right. And we would say that to people be like, Hey, we're, you know, we're doing this one activity. If you're not into it, feel free to just hang out on the side. And if you notice this in recess, a lot of kids would actually do this where they would sit on the side wanting to play, but not ready to play. But it's just being in the vicinity is almost enough. And you reminded me, you know, when I used to work for this one organization, the STEM organization, you know, we had 400 staff. And I was like, I guess one of the leaders, like I was the VP of stuff. I love talking to people on every level. Like I love talking to the person that just arrived, right? Or the person that like ran like this, you know, I don't know, was like a store manager assistant. You know, I love talking to each and every person just to get their vibe. And a lot of times I didn't realize until later on, they'd be like, oh my goodness, you want my opinion? Like, Aren't you one of the higher ups, which I didn't really understand, but they, and I think that's something that's worth, I don't think a lot of leaders realize that the impact they could possibly have if they simply were willing to have more discussions and reach out to more people that are not part of their team just to connect with them. That is what I see as culture, right? Like those small gestures. And Ted is constantly invested in that type of culture. Yeah, I, I really love that. A couple other things real quick. Uh, the army men, I've been reading a lot of like comments in the Ted Lasso groups and stuff and people talking like really like honing in on which army men he gives to whom and stuff. And I love that this first one that he gives to Rebecca is, you know, someone like in that defensive position ready to like attack. And he tells her like, we'll put this here as your first line of defense in case that guy comes back. But even that, like, you know, he saw her getting attacked in that press conference and, you know, immediately came up afterwards to just check on her and like to see how she was doing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they don't have that relationship yet, but he's really trying to create that and and let her know, like, hey, I care, you know. Um, and so I liked that little gesture of just like giving her that uh, that little army man. I don't know why it sparks this for me, but I remember I had to go back to rewind to hear this. But at the very beginning, when he sees the high school, you know, student, you know, her dribbling and he goes, sometimes the best way to stick it to the men, you know, is to put it between their legs. And I was like, what is why is that there? And I was like wondering, like, who's the man in the situation or what's the situation? And I'm like, I wanted to know what that meant. I didn't know what the symbolism of that was. And, and I kind of like maybe tied it to like, when is it, who's, is it Rupert? Who's the Rupert from the independent? Oh no. Trent Grimm. No, Trent Trent Grimm from the independent. I feel like many times Ted will walk right into conflict. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He'll walk into it with like the certain level of curiosity. Right. So he asks Ted and then gets that really hard question. And then he walks into Rebecca's office, you know, at a really tough time. Like he's with like as much as he's like the happy go lucky guy, he's yeah. willing to be in the uncomfortability and to sit in that with the other person in a very Brene Brown, like I'm not 
doing sympathy from the top, but I'm actually going in the tunnel and sitting there with you. And that's yeah. how I felt like he really was like able to truly show his empathy and all while also sharing like gifts from his son. <laughs> I know. Well, and, um, you know, at the end when he's, um, when he runs into the girl again at the pub mm-hmm. and they have that exchange about like, you know, the game not going well or whatever. And he steals the ball from her. She says, okay, I underestimated you. And he, and he says, uh, see, no one sees me coming. And like, I, it is so just like quick, you know, because it's like at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, like no one sees him coming, you know, he's so disarming. And then the other thing was like, uh, the announcers, when they're like going through and talking about Sam's play and this and that, they talk about how um, the team looks disjointed, uninspired, and joyless. Mm. And and it's really interesting to see that like those are all the things that Ted seems to like over over the course of like we'll see over the course of the season, right? Like is mm. is he really brings that team together? He inspires them, and he actually brings that joy into that um, group, which I just think is such great foreshadowing. Um, and, and what's so great about this, I might have mentioned this last week, you know, Golden State Warriors plug again, but the <laughs> teams that have the most fun, right? Yeah. The teams, that, the teams that are actually resonating aren't even as focused on the result as they are focused on attunement, right? They're focused on the yeah. process, they're focused on the, and I think that's what I, if, if there was like some of the biggest takeaways I took from this is like, Patience and gesture, patience and gestures of, of, I don't know, it's not positivity, but patience and gestures of connection. And I mm-hmm. use the word gestures specifically because it's like you're not gestures, meaning like you're never, you're not always going to get that connection. Right. And that's not yeah. what you're trying to do. You're not trying to win connection. You can't win connection, but you can give gestures of connection or gestures of play. And sometimes people will be down to do it like Higgins like, you know, screaming and other times he'll be singing to her and she's like, I don't have time for this. And he's yeah. like, okay. You know, and then he just keeps going like more gestures. Yeah. He's constantly giving gestures, but he's so patient, right? Yeah. He doesn't but care that they won their, I mean, he does care, but he's like also recognizing it's the first yeah. game. Yeah. You know, what, what do we expect? Like, yeah. this is a, I'm here for the long game, you know, yeah. as long yeah. as they're willing to keep me. And I think that's what would help anyone that's doing work like this is that I'm invested, right? And I'm willing to do this for like the next six months, year or two years, however long it takes. Yeah. But there's like such a level of emotional intelligence too, though, right? Like to that point of him being uh, like, no one sees him coming, even in that scene where he's singing to her, the Kenny Rogers song, he's watching her and he's seeing that she's starting to get really frustrated. And he sings that whole like line, you know, you got to know when to, to hold him, know when to show him. And then he, and then at the end, he like points to her and she says, stop. Right. And that's like the end of that lyric. And I'm just like, yeah, that's like, that's brilliant. But like, he knew, like he knew, like he pushes her right up to that line, which I think is interesting. Right. And to your point about perseverance, and I know we're, we're, uh, should start wrapping up in a minute, but this last reference to bird by bird, have you read that book? Yeah. What is that? I didn't understand oh that. Yeah. So Bird by Bird is a book by a writer named Anne Lamont. It's like one of my favorite books and it's all about writing, but I love that they use it in this context because she uses it in the context of like writers shouldn't try to like, uh, you know, write this big story or whatever, like take it like little pieces at a time Mm -hmm. to write up into the thing. And it comes from like her childhood where like, I think her brother was working on a a project um, about birds and I think like waited too long or whatever And so their dad gave him this advice of like, well, just take it bird by bird, you know? And um, yeah. And so he says it in reference to Beard saying, I hate losing. And he says, well, you know, bird by bird. And it's just this idea of like perseverance and patience and really taking things one step at a time until you get to, you know, like you overcome whatever it is uh, that you've experienced. And I, I just loved that, like such a beautiful reference and like, so subtle, you know. I love that. Um, oh, what was it? I forgot. I'll, I'll remember it next time. Like there was a Japanese term that I would reference at our old um oh kaizen, 
That was Kaizen. Yeah, it was it was our theme for one year. And the whole idea of Kaizen is just like small progress, right? Like yep. just small, like just a little bit each day. And you're just building off of that. But one of my favorite parts, probably of that entire show, the entire season, being that I've only watched once and I don't remember <laughs> all of it, um, is um when you find out he makes the biscuits. When yes. you find out he yes. makes the biscuits. I had forgotten. I thought they said that they showed it later on. I didn't realize it was episode two where they actually showed it because I so badly wanted to talk about that. But I was like, that is amazing. Yeah. Because the whole time, you know, she has Higgins driving all over London, to Richmond, trying yeah. to find these biscuits and being like, these are horrible. Yeah. And the whole time, this guy is taking probably two hours out of his day at the end of the day to make these biscuits. And like, and the secret and is love, and, yeah. the secret's yeah. love and like sugar. And it's just that level of gesture that like. Yeah. Especially like set against the fact that at that moment, she's at that. Yes. Plotting like. Yeah, yes. take him down. And even if he knew, he'd probably still make her the business. Yeah. Because again, would. he's like, you know, this is, I understand. Like, I, I hear, you know, I get, yeah. you know, um, and um, oh, that scene just, I don't know and, why it resonates with me so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really adorable too. But, and it kind of brings full circle to the other thing that comes out of this episode, which is be a goldfish, right? So yes, all the things that people are saying to him or whatever, he's got that approach of taking that 10 second memory and letting go of it. And such a simple phrase, be a goldfish, because when you think about it, a lot of our stress and things comes from us being in our heads and like rethinking yeah. and overthinking and overanalyzing and and this idea of being able to let it go so that we can yeah. focus on where we're at now and move forward um, is so powerful. This other thing you just said caused this epiphany. So at the end of the episode, you see him being a panda and her being a lion. Yeah. And, I, and, and what's interesting is when I left that episode, I felt so warm inside, but I could see someone else watching that episode and being so angry at her. So it's yeah. also asking us, the audience, what do you want to be right now? Are you a lion or are you a panda? Like, how do you want to feel at the end of this episode? It provides you choice and you get to decide how you want to feel. Oh, I love that. I love that. Such a great, great, good place to kind of wrap it up. So what do you want to take into next week? Like what lesson oh. are you going to apply this week? So this is actually going to be really interesting. So, um, and I'll try to be as brief as possible. So yeah. I'm on a podcast called Datable. I don't know when this episode is going to come out here, but you know, I'm on a podcast called Datable and the challenge is to go on a 24 hour date. Yeah. I can't um, wait to hear about this. This weekend, 10 AM to 10 PM on Saturday and then 10 AM to 10 PM on Sunday. And yeah. uh, she plans the first day. I plan the second day and we've never met. Never. So this is a blind date. I'm like nervous. I haven't dated in two years. So I don't even know what I don't even know how to go on a, an hour long date. And I'm about to go on a 24 hour date. So Especially I think the, the pandemic that I'm going to look for for myself and apply is from the first episode attunement, constantly looking for those opportunities to attune and constantly offering gestures of connection, but also you know, understanding if they, they do not come. But the other part that I'm going to put in, which I think is going to be really helpful for me is patience. Mm, it's that, that it's that if like the first hour or two hours doesn't go well, or heck the first 12 hours doesn't go well, that I'm constantly still showing up with that Ted Lasso patience and perseverance and bird by bird and bird by bird, you know, all that stuff, you know, and yeah. if I could do that, that I think it will be a really fun adventure, regardless of whether, however it happens. I'm going to yeah. show up as a panda. I'm going to do, I'm going to show up as panda. <laughs> I love that. I know. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, this is a hard one. So I, I like the idea of bird by bird because there's so many projects I'm working on that it would be nice to 
to remind myself to approach it that way. But I think I'm going to kind of build on last week and and go with the be a goldfish because I think that uh, this is another area where I get easily kind of caught up in uh, overthinking things and just um, letting you know an interaction sit with me too long, especially on one of the projects I'm working on right now. <laughs> like I see that happening a lot. I think especially as it relates to that, I'm really going to try to uh, approach with the be a goldfish mindset and see if I, you know, if it makes a difference and if I can kind of let things go. That's my plan for next week. Good luck. Being a goldfish, being a panda. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. Okay. This was awesome. And I'd still like, I feel like there's so much stuff we didn't even get to. Like there's just so much in each episode, but uh, this was so fun as always. And uh, once again, I appreciate you so much. Thanks so much. This was fun. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to What Would Ted Lasso Do? If you got any nuggets of Ted Lasso wisdom from this episode, try them out in your life and let us know what happens at WWTLD Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, www.tldpodcast.com where you'll also find a full transcript of the show. We love hearing what other TED heads took away from the episode or details or perspectives that we might have missed. And if you do like the show, please subscribe and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. It all helps. We don't know exactly why, but it does. So in the spirit of believing in hope, believing in believe, please help us out. And thank you to Potify and Sam Davidson for producing our show, to Kajal Devalia for our visuals and graphics, and to Kenzie Slatow for our theme song. And most of all, thank you to all of you for listening. Ted Lasso could simply just be another show to binge watch. Or if we challenge ourselves to consistently ask the question, what would Ted Lasso do? It could change the trajectory of your life. It has for us. So join us again next time as we explore another episode and ask ourselves, what would Ted Lasso do? Yeah.